commence pre-roll, Gabe. Pre-roll commencing. Uh, initiating talk sequence one. Um, Just so you guys know, for the last 100 episodes or so, or last 120 episodes, Gabe's actually a robot. <laughs> I, I am programmed to be a good co-host. <laughs> it does not work. Yeah, I didn't see. I didn't want to say that now, but uh, yeah, finding food analogy for album. <laughs> <laughs> see, this is like a baguette. Humans like waffles. <laughs> this album is like waffles. <laughs> hey, I do that a little too good, huh? Yeah, man. <laughs> it was a joke, but I'm starting to think that it's true. But uh, that was pretty good. <laughs> Matching Chelsea Grin album characteristics to waffles. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think Chelsea. I think the last Chelsea Grin album was a casserole. Yeah, yeah. it was meaty, thick, and you layers. Just, and you just want to have like seven or eight of them. Seven or eight casseroles. Holy shit! You trying to have a heart attack? Sometimes. There's a uh, place in Vegas called the Heart Attack Grill, and they take cash only, and they like proudly. <laughs> You know, advertise that they've had, I think, like four or five heart attacks on premise. That's pretty hardcore. And all the burgers are like, I think you can get a burger with like 12 patties on it. 12? Yeah, 12 patties and all this shit. I'm sure if you pull it up, you could see a menu. But yeah, that, that shit's pretty wild. 12. 12 patties, yeah. You want me to look that up real quick? Yeah, Let's please. Because, just... like, you know, this is pre roll fodder right here. So it's perfect. Yeah, I got you. So, heart attack grill. Heart attack. Oh, sorry. That was my really bad Demi Lovato. Hey, they close at 1045 today. Hey, man. Sunday. Sunday's Sunday. a bad day to die. <laughs> God's Sunday's resting. a great day to die. You have to wait in line at the, at the <laughs> Heaven's Gate DMV to get in. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Where is this menu? Get this menu out, Gabe. Come on, man. I'm working on it. You are holding up the pre-roll. Uh, 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 uh. What are we going to do? You know? I what mean, are we we're going to wait for me because... Already committed to this. Yeah, we can't not not do it. You know? How about we roll the intro and then we talk about the heart attack? Right? Why? Because it gives you enough time to look it up? Yes, shut up. All <laughs> right. <laughs> so we'll do that. Gabe, you ready? Oh, yeah. Sorry if you heard that mop bite, but mop Mike Bop. Sorry, mop Bop Mike. Mike Kids Bop. No, yeah. This is what I call me. Mike Bop because uh, my head bumped into the thing during the pre-roll. But anyway, what is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode number 130. 130. Oh, yeah. We are back on a beautiful day on the south side of Chicago, Illinois, because it's coming fall. Yeah, it definitely feels like it. Yeah, the last couple of days have been like. You know, 70s, early Halloween shit, seventy-five ish with a nice little wind, a little bit of cloud, but not like over the top where you're like depressed. You Quite. can wear a crew neck and shorts, and that's the weather I like. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So we are back on a beautiful day. Gabe, did you finally pull up that yes. menu? So here's how the menu works. Um, so these things are called uh, the base burger. You could get is called the single bypass burger. Okay, <laughs> and so that comes your standard two buns, chili, onion, tomato, cheese. And your burger, right? Okay. And so that goes up to a double, a triple, a quadruple, a quintuple, a sextuple, a septuple, and then an octuple. Holy shit. Bypass burger. Fuck. And then you can add bacon strips to it. So it starts at five bacon strips for the single bypass. <laughs> and then once you get the octuple, it's 40 bacon strips for an additional seven bucks. Holy shit. Yeah. So that... um, That's impressive. 
yeah, so eight eight buns, or I'm sorry, eight uh, eight patties, a lot of fucking chili, two buns, some tomato, a lot of cheese, and forty slices of bacon for. $32. See, usually I would make a joke like, oh, yeah, I could do that, but I can't even fuck around with that. That's heavy breathing. No. How would you even eat that, man? That's like, like I'd imagine the thing is like stupid tall. What What is the basic bitch? Like the very first one? What is it? What is The it basic again? is yeah. obviously your two buns, mm-hmm. meat, cheese, tomato, onion, and chili. That's 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 sizable. That sounds meaty. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, we could do a single or a double. Yeah. Maybe a triple if we're like starving, yeah, but that's kind of yeah. pushing it. If we haven't eaten all day, maybe. But uh, Shit. but an octuple woo, with the 40 bacon slices. That's a that's that's a thing that that happened. Gabe. Hey man, heart attack girl. Check it out if you're ever in Vegas. Absolutely. Oh, they serve jello shots too. <laughs> oh man. Shit. Sounds like a lot of bad decisions are going to be made. Oh yeah. At the heart attack grill in Las Vegas. But yeah, we are back. Gabe, how was your week, buddy? Uh, it was good. It was good. It was kind of an anticipation because we're T minus 12 hours till we leave. Oh. So for Disney. Okay. For House of Mouse. And uh, I don't know if you knew this, but in addition to a build your own lightsaber thing, they got a build your own droid, droid. now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like half the price of the lightsaber. So if there's room and we got some time, I think I might just squeeze into that. Well, I know they give you two options. They give you the BB-8 option and they give you the R2, R2 option. Yeah. Which one are you doing? Uh, I think I'm leaning towards the R2 option and just deck it out in like black. Yeah. And um, so it's Bluetooth remote controlled. And the cool thing is if you take it around Galaxy's Edge with you, it'll interact with stuff in the park. And depending on its personality chip, right, it'll interact differently. So if you go to a part of the park that's heavily like dark side users and you have like a light side personality chip or like a timid chip in it, it'll be like scared and stuff. Be like, Ooh. That's interesting. That's uh, dedication, devotion, creativity. Hey, man. Say what you want about Disney acquiring, uh, you know, Lucasfilms and Star Wars. But fuck, that's awesome. Yeah, that is pretty cool. So I don't know um, I don't know which chip I want yet. I kind of want to explore and see. Yeah. The lightsaber is cool, but, you know, I kind of told Maddie, I was like, well, it's $200 for one. That's, that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. And two, um, you know, it's going to get home and it's going to sit there because I don't have, like, a display case. Or we don't even have room for that at the yeah. moment just because I got so much shit. But, you know, figure with the robot. Well, it's not It's not even just – well, to me, like, the, the, the physical lightsaber is obviously what you're paying for. But also – the, is the experience of like going through the whole spiel because I've watched it and it's very very cool, super cool and I think you really enjoy it. Um, so I hope you come back with the lightsaber. I kind of have an idea of what you're gonna go with. Well, which uh, one? I already well, I already have my lightsaber parts picked out. Do you? You already yeah. picked the one? I already. Uh, I looked through the whole Galaxy's Edge gift shop. Okay. Um, Consolation. Did you go for power? No. Did you go na- the natural one? No, not the natural. Oh one. yeah, I thought I thought you would totally do like the Rancor t- too. That's a pretty cool lightsaber build. I don't think it fits my aesthetic. Which one are you? Which one are you doing? Then? The dark side user shit. Okay, okay. That's yeah, power. That's power. Is that power? Yeah, the chromium power. black. Yeah, yeah. That's that's power. Are you gonna go red? Mm-hmm. Well, they got the silver and black options too. No, they don't. In the gift shop, yeah. They have the black. The the black. Uh, what's my crystal? Call it? The crystal, but it still, it still comes back red though. Well, uh, from my understanding, you plug that into the lightsaber, it'll change the color. No, but I'm saying the crystal, the crystal itself is black, but it still shoots out red. Huh? Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah, but you could look, take a look around, and see what you want to do with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I got, I got my own thing I'm gonna work on right now. But yeah, so yeah, that's uh, are you, so are you, are you excited? Because I know you're not like the craziest Disney person on the planet, but um, are you excited at least? Hey, man, work was rough. Vacation is a vacation, so I'll take it. This is true. This is true. All right. So. Let's go ahead and get into this stuff. So we have a little bit of an agenda today. Opening up with Escape Room. You remember this movie? Did you? Yeah. Uh, I think it's roughly based around a true story because in Poland, there was a case where some kids got locked in an escape room and the whole thing burned down. 
Oh, okay. So it's because uh, I know this is like a thriller horror thing where yeah. there's like a murder, but it's loosely based on real, you know, very loosely. Yeah, I got you. Absolutely. So um, we did the, esca- or, well, I, I watched it. I watched it after the podcast last week. And when we turned it on, I immediately expected it to be like hot garbage. Yeah. I love the concept, but I just feel like the execution would have been kind of cheesy, shitty. tacky. Yeah, shitty, cheesy, tacky. Um, but with that being said, I was like pleasantly surprised with how much fun it was, right? Uh, I think if you dig too deep, I think eventually you'll start to see some big holes. But at, at the surface level, it is a fine thriller, uh, you know, you know, yeah, thriller movie, horror movie. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I mean, nothing over the top bloody, but there are elements of like almost like purgeness sure. in the mix of that. Um, and it's kind of awesome. So, um, like I said, not the greatest film of all time, uh, but definitely not a total waste of time. If cool. you go and watch, go ahead and watch it. So if uh, you know if you're interested in that, it's on Xfinity right now. Um, so it's on demand. If you want to go ahead and check that out, I would recommend. Uh, I would give it like a because it's movies, so we do a grading scale. I'd give it like a, a C, yeah, C plus B minus. Okay, Th- yeah. So it's not that bad. Yeah, it's not. It's not got awful. There was definitely some um, some acting that was like a little shoddy, but somewhat believable. Uh, they have some likable characters that you, that are in there. Um, they also have kind of like a bad guy in the mix of it too. So it's sure. it's kind of interesting. Um, a good mix of characters and uh, overall not a horrible experience. And I like those kind of movies that if you you step out from the outside or you step back, you can kind of like figure out the, the puzzles the yourself. Yeah. And um, this was one of those movies that kind of maybe put a little bit too much thought or more thought than you would think uh, stuff. from this style of film. So I would definitely check it out. If you're a fan of escape rooms, which I want to get back into it. Or if you like kind of psychological horror, I think it's a good good, good stuff. Film. So you're just doing everything you can to avoid watching Kingsman, huh? I guess, man. <laughs> yeah. How long have, have I loaned you that movie for? Probably like four or five months at this point. Yeah. And then how long has Viva La Bam been sitting there? Probably a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get on it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I have. A, I just bought a new Blu-ray player, so I could watch. Oh, did you just get a regular ass Blu-ray player. Yeah, because uh, are fucking expensive. Man. Well, yeah. I, was, I didn't like a hundred bucks. I didn't realize that um, because my play my PlayStation was in the living room and it went down in a place of glory. So I didn't have a Blu-ray player in the living room, and I don't want to really sit here by myself and watch Viva La Bam. I think that's kind of lame. So um, I'll be kind of holding off on it. But now that we got a Blu-ray back, we might have to get into it. You know, did you get a nice Wi-Fi one or just yeah, standard? Yeah, get the Wi-Fi one. We didn't get we, like it wasn't like the most expensive one in the world. I think Walmart was having a deal. Um, so you know, I'm like, eh, let's grab it because you know, Lord knows how long it's going to be inexpensive again. You know, because like I said, I did not realize Blu-rays were not yeah cheap like that. You know, you, when we were getting to that phase where all these consoles came with a dvd player and then a blu-ray player it was phenomenal because i i think i still have my vhs player at home i think we never fucking got rid of that thing okay and then my dad still has like our og dvd player that doesn't take blu-ray because those shits weren't cheap back in the day no, they weren't no. you know definitely not and uh like i said i remember the era when you know when blu-ray started becoming a little bit more prominent you would see dvd players for like 20 bucks you're like yeah awesome. sweet and now I'm, I'm, i was i was thinking in my head that we were with there we were at that point with blu-ray players but apparently not now wait till the 4k stuff starts getting around the hundred dollar price point and yeah. then blu-rays are going to be like 20 30 bucks yeah. yeah so i guess we'll have to wait and see two three that. more years man yeah but uh, while i was at walmart I, I texted this to you and i was like two seconds away from, from buying it, from, from buying it, making a big financial mistake. Yeah, uh, but the, th- the, only, the honestly, the only thing that was uh, like pre- prevented me from doing so was the fact that I still owe you some cash. Yeah, <laughs> otherwise I would have it up here ready to go. But yeah, so Adrian's like, well, maybe for your birthday, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm like, eh, well. so is it a full size replica cabinet of? It's 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 slightly. Um, well, let the listeners know what the fuck we're talking yeah, about sorry. first and foremost. Yeah, sorry, really, really bad host. So um, 
Walmart has this exclusive Arcade 1 Mortal Kombat cabinet, right? Now, the cabinet is um, slightly shrunken down because okay. obviously you know how big and bulky arcade cabinets can get. Uh, this one's slightly shrunken down. doesn't take up as much space. Um, well, how but, big are we talking? Um, well, like four feet tall? Uh, yeah, about four feet tall. Maybe four and a half feet tall. Like two and a half wide, probably. Yeah, that sounds about right. And they have a riser that you can buy that makes it like more appropriate height. Um, so yeah, just about that. And it comes with MK1, MK2, and UMK3 booted up onto the bitch. So um, what? Um, well, it has to be emulation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an emulator, but it's it's arcade perfect. Okay. So um, you know everything everything you can do on the arcade machine, even with like the secret menus and stuff like that, you can do on. Um, this machine as well, and especially with the UMK3, when you, if you want to get rid of some of those Your crazy ass inputs. Well, not even just that, but if you can, um, uh, you know, access the hidden characters through the, the test menus and stuff like that, you can able to unlock them and they'll awesome. be available from the jump. Um, and it's also the the keyboard or the what's called the arcade stick itself is modifiable. You could change some of the aspects if you want. Um, for three hundred bucks, not the cheapest thing in the world, but. You know, I know there's people out there who invest a lot of money to these arcade one cabinets because they do well. They are pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking good for? Good sellers. Yeah, pretty good sellers, and they're true to kind of what they represent. So uh, maybe one day um, I'll be able to get my hands on it. Hopefully, by the time I'm like, okay, I'm willing to take that jump, that they're still out there and readily available. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because Ed Boone on Twitter, uh, somebody posted that they have an MK11 cabinet at one of these bars downtown in Chicago. I actually saw the guy who made it. He has a YouTube channel. And the guy built it from scratch. Wow. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. So what's in there? Is there an Xbox in there? No, it's a, Play- a PlayStation. It's a PlayStation, PlayStation in there. there. Yeah, it's a PlayStation. Um, but yeah, I saw. I actually just saw that video last night where the guy built it from scratch. Like, I mean, cut the wood himself. Because he built his own home arcade unit. Yeah. It's, his whole channel is about, like, kind of do-it-yourself projects where it's, like, really good and really impressive looking. He built, like, a movie marquee and stuff like that. Like, it's really cool. Um, and yeah, he built this thing up from scratch. Um, got the vinyl from them. Yeah. Uh, you know, sized it out and had it put the put together and built. Awesome, and yeah, it was really good looking. I think we'll probably sell for a lot if you ever decide to get rid of it. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Because it'll most likely be a collector's item because I think at this point it's probably one of a kind, right? You'd imagine. Well, until Midway starts or NRS, I'm sorry, starts cranking them out by themselves if they ever do. Yeah, Lord, yeah, I'd imagine probably towards the end of the cycle you'll be able to see it in uh, like Galloping Ghost or whatever because yeah. they do have MKX. You said that, but I never saw it. I never saw it in there. They have it in there. It's in there? It's in there. It's in there somewhere. I know I saw it, and I know I played, and I was like, I can't fucking play this with the joystick. Sick. Yeah, too much. Yeah, it's hard. Absolutely. So that was kind of a, a cool little... Quick quick little story before we dive into the next thing. I know we're still on movies, and we're talking about games. Oh, it's but fine. I was in an arcade in Indiana one day, and I think I was like 12 or 13, Okay. and um, I was like real decent at UMK3, because that was like my first Mortal Kombat game, right? Okay. And so I was just... Just mopping the floor with these kids. They didn't know what to do, right? And this one kid, he was like 6'1". He was maybe like, like 16, 17. You know, smelled like cigarettes. And he's like, let's go. And so this dude pulled the, the stupid Shang Tsung morph combo on me where he morphs into like smoke uh, and all these fucking characters and just mopped the floor. I couldn't get a hit on him. And I was like, I'm done. I'm yeah. going home. <laughs> yeah. Lesson learned on that one, huh? Yeah. You thought you were a god for a second. Yeah. And then you got a dude that knows like a 640 button input combo <laughs> for a round that lasts less than a minute. Hey, man, it is what it is. But all right, let's go ahead and slide back into this agenda real quick because we hopped out. So Kevin Smith, we talked about this previously about uh, this IP that he's had his hands on that uh, people would be shocked that he's writing for. All right. So this is He-Man, Masters of the Universe, right? 
Uh, essentially, it's going to be an anime. So the, from the same people who did Castlevania, they're going to take the He-Man premise and kind of roll with it. Kevin Smith, Mark Bernardin, and a, a whole bunch of other writers are kind of taking it, taking it and running with it and uh, going to gonna do their own thing. So uh, He-Man, Masters of the Universe, produced and written by Kevin Smith. I think it's going to be kind of dope. What do you think? Uh, well, he grew up around that time when He-Man Masters of the Universe was like a big property and it was yeah. doing really well. So I think it's suiting. It's in the same vein of how we talked about Danny McBride and the Halloween stuff, how yeah. he grew up with it. So he knows its essence. He knows what it should be yeah. And in terms of modernizing it. Um, have you seen the Castlevania anime on Netflix? No, I never never took The first season it. is four episodes. It's a real good watch. Um, and Dracula is one of the best developed characters in five episodes. Mm. And it's like they do him so grossly well in like an hour and a half as compared to so many other anime I watched that take like, I don't know, like 30 episodes to develop a villain. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, first season's four episodes, you know, check it out because mm-hmm. I know you're not into the whole anime scene. But Absolutely. I think it's an easy enough property to slide into. Okay, cool. So definitely because uh, Kevin Smith turned in the first or the, you know, the very first episode, I think two weeks ago, Monday. So I imagine around some point next year, early next year, it'll probably be dropping. I'd imagine take some time for to work on those things. So sure. uh, I'm looking forward to it. He announced it at a power con, which I guess he has its own con. Yeah, I didn't know that. Who would have thought that? Um, and I'm, I'm excited for him because I like the guy, obviously big fan of his work, everything he's done previously. And up to this point, I'm a big fan of it. Even the bad stuff. He admits it that they're all bad, but it's important, man. Yeah. So more power to him and uh, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Moving along. So another big property that me and Gabe care a whole lot about and have been talking about a whole lot about for the last five years has, uh, announced its next, uh, installment, uh, bond, James Bond. No Time to Die, April 2020, April 8th, I think it was the official date. Uh, you know, Daniel Craig you is back. should have done it for 2020. Aw. Aw. Anyway. And at the end, he wakes up in his bed, but it's Mike Myers dressed up as Austin Putt. No, I'm going to stop right there. Stop. So, um, yeah, finally announced uh, announced the date and got a title. Uh, looks like it's going to be Daniel Craig's final Bond. I'm looking forward to it, and it's a very classic-sounding Bond title, No Time to Die. Like That's like the most Bond thing in the history of Bond. You know, I wanted to touch on the title thing a little bit because um, he, here's my thing, right? When you hear a Bond title, it's supposed to sound relatively cool, kind of uh, – you know, we, we all have our favorite Bond title, yeah. right? Octopussy, whatever it may be. Yeah. We all have one that we really enjoy. But then I was kind of thinking about it. I was like, well, do we like it because of the title, or do we enjoy it because the movie was good? You well, know what I mean? I think there's a combination of both. I think – like for instance, Goldeneye, like that's like the most perfect name for that particular satellite thing that you know. Right, but like plot. you know, let's say you haven't heard, uh, or I'm sorry, you haven't seen the movie before, and you think Goldeneye, you know, like what what is it that comes to your head? You know what I mean? Because like, because oh, my my prime example was uh, Skyfall, right? It's um, in my opinion, I think it's a very cool, subtle name that very eloquently expresses what that movie is about. But my opinion is that because I've seen the movie, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of the cat and mouse game where so it's you like, can't, you can't separate it. What well, was it like a good title because it's a good title or is it a good title because the movie was also good and then made it a good title. You, you know, it's, yeah. it's this kind of thing. Cause like, think about your favorite bond film and then think about the title, um, quantum of solace or casino Royale, whatever oh, it may how be. How dare you, sir. If I could throw quantum of solace. At Cause me. that's the oddball quantum of solace is a good name, yeah. but it's not a good movie. That's the oddball out. Yeah. But, like, look at Casino Royale. What a badass name, right? Yeah. It's kind of nuanced, noir, uh, introduction to Bond kind of thing. But then it's like, well, shit, those thoughts are coming from the movie the itself, the not movie. the title. Yeah. You know? I got you. Okay. Yeah, it's that's... this Tom and Jerry bullshit that keeps bouncing in my head, man. So, for you, does this title land? I, I like the title, No Time to Die. I mean, it makes sense, and it's fitting to the Bond format of titles. 
but I think it'll come down to whether this movie is good or not because I feel like I could hate this title if I need to. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Suicide Silence song, but I'm not gonna get into it. Yeah, uh, pre-Mitch or I'm sorry, post-Mitch or with Mitch, with Mitch. Yeah, yeah. definitely a with Mitch. Anyway, so yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be awesome. So this topic, next topic coming up. This this made the internet explode a little bit. Um, so Sony and Disney can not agree on new terms to have Spider-Man continue to be part of the MCU moving forward. So Spider-Man is out of the Marvel, Marvel oh my God, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, like I said, the internet kind of exploded with this. Now there's memes left and right about it. Um, what do you think, man? Well, all right, because I like the OG Spider-Man with um, Topher Grace. <laughs> Or Tobey Maguire, I'm sorry. Well, that's the third time you've done that on this because podcast. The, man, look at those two side by side. Um, anyway, Tobey Maguire, I like those. But it, Spider-Man seems to have this kind of curse where it can't hit a fourth movie. You notice that? None of the Spider-Mans have ever gotten a four. Uh, two out of the three haven't got a third. Yeah, it's uh, kind of scary. And I think that Tom Holland was a great Spider-Man. I think they finally did it right. Yep. And I don't know what went down between Disney and Sony, but whatever, man. I, well, from the, this is the understanding. The understanding is that, well, it was time to redo the agreement. Um, Disney gets was getting 5% of the money that was made back for the film um, because they were only contributing a mild amount of money to making it, right? So they would get 5% back and they get all of the merchandise for it, right? So this time up, Disney's like, well, we'll co-finance it with you 50-50, split it down the middle, and we split all the profits. And Sony didn't like that. Sony didn't want it. Sony didn't want to do it. Let's wait till they fuck it up again, yeah. and then Disney will buy it. Well, that was the thing. I guess uh, one of the so- uh, Sony you know, executives, top guys, is like, well, we've learned enough from Kevin Feige. We know how to do this now. Mm, you know, everybody says that, but when <laughs> Kevin Feige isn't there, yeah. statistically speaking and historically speaking. <laughs> yeah. So um, Unless I, you bring back Raimi. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and that's what I was, I was, what I was saying. I think I said it in the channel. I said it to my wife. I'm like, it's funny that he says that. I'm like, but everything from, from Spider-Man to in between that and the Spider-Verse has been trashed. <laughs> you know, yeah. Spider-Man 3 was bad. Uh, Andrew Garfield, and, and it's Spider-Man's not necessarily the way the movies are shot or the actors or anything. It's, it's the writing. It's the writing. The it writing's is horrible. indeed the writing. Yeah. The writing is bad. So um, the internet blew up. Uh, for obvious reasons, uh, people are taking their sides. I think it is an abundantly clear where I fly, probably fall on all this. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess there's a side to every story. And uh, I guess we'll never be able to understand exactly what Sony sees and why they're so uh, adamant on keeping the deal as it was. Um, I mean, obviously, money is probably the big deal. But I know Sony's stock took a hit after this announced. And uh, kind of crazy, man. You know, it's kind of funny because off the success of the last Spider-Man game, you'd think that you'd want the Spider-Man movies to do really well to hype it up for the next mm-hmm. PS4 Spider-Man game yeah. with, you know, ideally Tom Holland. But that's not going to happen now. Yeah. I, well, no, Tom Holland's contracted to Sony. He's not contracted to Disney. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, so but he has an out. If he doesn't want to, he can't. He doesn't have to. Uh, so I think he's trying to play it cool. Uh, I think he will return as Spider-Man just due to the fact that he is lined up to play Nathan Drake right now. And that is also a Sony property. I think he's kind of, he doesn't want to bite the hand that he's uh, walking on eggshells. Yeah. He doesn't want to bite the hands of fees and necessarily. I'm I'm sure if Sony doesn't want him, Disney will take him. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Um, Make him a, make him a young version of Star-Lord. Do a Star-Lord prequel with Tom Holland as Chris Pratt. (laughs) Hey, actually. That's that's not a bad idea, right? actually not too bad. Just lighten up his hair a bit and you got it. That's not too bad, actually. It works. That's not pretty Right? And then they can make like a, like an I eat so many cheeseburgers joke. 
Because Chris Pratt in that first Guardians movie was kind of chunky. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. You heard it. You heard it here first, that's folks. A, that's actually not a bad idea. Here. That's actually, right. That's that that works. Good. Right. They have similar personalities. Yeah, that's pretty good. But uh, they're actually doing that one movie together with um in Pixar that troll movie or whatever. Oh, fuck. cool. Yeah. So they got that lined up. But um, you know, um, we'll see how this pans out. I I don't imagine that we've heard the end of this. Mm-hmm. I do imagine that I do no, believe this is just the beginning. I do believe that they'll probably come to some kind of agreement. I think the next blow is going to be when Marvel tries to license games on the PlayStation and they're going to be like, Hey, um, <laughs> well, and I think there's going to be some bad blood there. Yeah. Well, but you know, you can't really fuck around with Disney. <laughs> yeah, I know. Cause you're going to get bought out. Yeah, definitely. And that was like the joke. Obviously everybody's like, well, I'm going to buy you too then, motherfucker. But right. Well, speaking about jokes, let's get into The Matrix 4. So The <laughs> Matrix movie, uh, the OG came out in 1999, and it was yep. a world-changing movie. Absolutely. Was, do you know the story of uh, Keanu Reeves and how he got paid for this movie? No. Uh, the execs were like, hey, we'll give you like $10 million up front or whatever, you know, some amount. And Keanu was like, nah, how about you give me a percentage of the revenue? And it was like something like, I don't know, like 3%. Don't quote me on this because okay. I don't know the exact numbers or the exact percentages. But he said, give me a certain percent. And they thought um, – that this movie was going to flop. flop. Yeah. And so he made like a hundred times over what he would have if, <laughs> if uh, you know, fucking he took the upfront payment. You can't be mad at him for that. Yeah. Um. So we got a Matrix 4 movie in the works. Uh, well, we know how the last two went. But what? Okay. Hold on. I'm going to stop. Why does everybody hate those two movies so much? I don't much? hate Revolution. Uh, I don't hate the last two, but they just didn't live up to yeah, that's fair. the Matrix name. Now, that's fair, but I feel like they're the, kind of the punching bag. I mean, there's one thing for it to be a, like a horribly shitty, fil- shitty film and, you know, and kind of ruin it. But I wouldn't say it ruined it. It's just it was d- not as good. But it, it was, was unnecessary ver- addition. Yeah, I guess. It wasn't as good. I definitely give you that. I mean, you can't. Let's let's face it. Matrix one, Matrix one is probably one of the most revolutionary films of all time. I put it in the same ca- same category as Roger Rabbit. I put it in the same category as Titanic. Jurassic Park, Titanic. Like this changed the way we made films, like straight up. And uh, so you got to give him credit for that. But um, I don't really hate those two so much. Like the Revolutions was at eh, Reloaded. I liked a little bit more, but it was like Blade Trinity. It wasn't necessarily a terrible movie to begin with, but yeah. it's just because it didn't live up to that quality standard. You know what I mean? That's like, what true. if you're buying the same product that you always have been for the past like year or so, and suddenly they change the formula on you, and they and they charge more? You're gonna be upset, aren't you? This is true. But yeah, so they are working on it. I have mixed feelings about this. I Ke- guess Keanu's back on board. Keanu's right? coming back. Uh, the lady who played uh, Trinity is coming back. Uh, we they haven't aged heard, really well. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about Lawrence Fishburne yet, so I guess we'll have to wait and see on that as far as being uh, Morpheus and how that how that works out. So. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, I th- I'd imagine it's probably two or three years down the line, right? Put uh, put Morpheus's head in a jar. I think that'd work for his character. Put his head in a jar. Yeah, why not? Okay. It's just an idea, right? And carry <laughs> him around. Yeah, I guess. Think about like Lawrence Fishburne in a like a green morph suit from the neck down. <laughs> and then when you see the behind the scenes shit, it's gonna be like Keanu like hugging him. Like in a headline. Anyway, let's move on to the next topic. Um, Matrix 4, you know, we'll keep you posted. Yeah. But speaking about keeping you posted, uh, in October, we get the Joker movie, and it is rated R. Yes. uh, The nerds have screamed from the top of the heavens because they're so stoked about this, and we are too here at the Second City Kids podcast. But yeah, Joker officially getting that hard R rating. Uh, I think we couldn't have it any other way. Right. Yeah, I think with the way they're going, it was necessary to have that R. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, much hype for this film. Like you said, coming out in October, we got only a couple more months, and then we'll be able to watch it and review it for you lovely folks who are listening to the Second City Kids podcast. But, um, yeah, we're, we're excited for this. Just a quick little note on that. 
Yes, Joker has got so, that hard R. Joaquin Phoenix, let's rock and roll because yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, should be good. Good stuff. So I'm actually going to modify this thing. You could start with Lady and the Tramp, but I'm going to cover a whole slew of Disney Plus news that we got from D23 last night. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I was going to add some of that. But yeah, so Lady and the Tramp uh, is kind of this next in the line as far as live action remakes. However, I'm going to take a total polar opposite uh, opinion on this. This actually looked pretty good. I'm actually okay with this one because the dogs kind of actually look like dogs and except when they're not doing dog things and they start to talk. Um, now, I'm not going to say that it's necessary. It's definitely not. It'll never be necessary. But as far as all the Disney properties that have been live action remade so far, I am. this is one I'm probably the most on board with. And yes, it is a Disney Plus exclusive and it will not be coming to, um, to theaters. And uh Man, Disney Plus getting stacked down with more material. Gabe, I'm sure you got a stack of things you want to talk about. Yeah, so let's start off with the Star Wars ones. Uh, Obi-Wan series confirmed with Ewan McGregor. Absolutely. Oh, my God, Disney. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, The Mandalorian, which is great. We actually covered. Did you see the trailer? No, I didn't see the trailer. I'm going in blind. I don't want nothing to do with that. We actually covered a big section of the Mandalorian history on the Exploration Podcast. So if you kind of want to know the gist of what they're about, check that out. Absolutely. Uh, We get. Oh, shit. I lost my train of thought. We get uh, a new Lizzie McGuire movie, which was an interesting choice. Absolutely, it's actually absolutely fantastic because Hillary Duff is returning as 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 yeah, Lizzie McGuire. Uh, I just thought it was kind of out of the blue, you know. Yeah, like she's been in obscurity for what ten yeah, years. But now? you also have to keep in mind that she's like one of the very few child actors that fucking didn't like lose their fucking mind during that time That's period. That's true. So she's actually kind of stayed relatively pure, minus the whole blue job, flow job thing. But we're not getting into that. We're getting a Phineas and Ferb movie, which is another interesting choice. Okay. And I'm not talking about Phineas, the band from Illinois that opened up for Vanna. Anyway, uh, we're getting a High School Musical series. Okay. okay. It makes sense. Fine. Toy Story spinoff with Forky. Okay. I'm he with asks, that. Uh, apparently, he has incredibly endearing questions, like difficult questions. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, we get Monsters at Work, which is takes place right after Monsters, Inc. Okay. Cool. Uh, we get Marvel What Ifs. That's dope. So yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. I personally like the the Futurama, like what if the great what if things. Okay. I love those kind of weird spin off things that don't have anything to do with anything. We get Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yep. Uh, we get WandaVision. Yep. Uh, we get Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and She Hulk. Cool. She Hulk is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we get Jeff Goldblum and Kristen Bell leading a reality show on Disney Plus. That's cool. I love Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I love uh, Kristen Bell. Obviously, the live action Lady and the Tramp. Yep. Uh, and then the. Big one. Oh, oh, the Muppets. I totally forgot Muppets. That's fucking epic too. It's uh it's supposedly unscripted and celebrity filled Muppet show. So give me that god give me those goddamn Muppet movies on the Disney Plus. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm all over. Oh, it. we get all the vaulted Disney movies on Disney Plus, obviously, yep. but I think that's important to mention. Yep. Can we get like Chris Pratt or like Jeff Goldblum with the Muppets? Wouldn't that be hilarious? Yeah. Well, Jason Siegel did a pretty good job with it yeah, when Jason Siegel that, that 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 fucking Muppet movie from a couple of years ago was fucking a hoot. I love that movie. It was so good. Uh, oh, we get, uh, I totally forgot this one, but we get The Clone Wars, uh, February 2020. Mm-hmm. The I believe it's the last season. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the big ones. In addition to this, they're not doing the Netflix binge model. No, they're doing the old-fashioned way, which I kind of miss, where you get a new episode every, every week. Every week. That's good. And I kind of miss that because it was, you know, when TV was around, it's like, if you miss it, you miss it. But now it's... Well, it's, it's smart for the following reason because, A, like you said, it, it is kind of old school TV, which is awesome. Retention. And retention. Retention is the big one. You're not going to be able to sign up for a month, watch the whole show, then get the fuck out like most like most of these, you know. And I'm sure they're planning like 26 episode, 24 episode yeah. seasons for a majority of this stuff. Yeah, you're not going to be able to, to just sign up and watch your show and get the fuck out unless you want to wait like long term. In which case, I mean, more power to you. But Yeah, man. Uh, lots of good stuff coming up on Disney+. Plus. 
And like I said, man, 13 bucks with ESPN and Hulu. How can't, are you going to top that? Can't ne- beat Netflix got to start cranking out some crazy stuff. Yeah. To keep up. There's going to be more, it's going to require more than Stranger Things and and Sabrina for us to Well, Mindhunter is also pretty pretty proper. I don't know if you've seen that. No, I haven't seen that. It's the uh, or- origin story of how the behavioral investigation unit started in the FBI. Really? And so it goes through the early days of the interview people like Ed Kemper, uh, I almost said Marilyn Manson, Charles Manson and serial killers of that nature. Oh, okay. So it's pretty good. Has a good story. I just caught up with season 2. Um, check that out. Absolutely. So yeah, uh, I think they all announced Black Panther two too. They gave a date on that, I believe, oh, from okay. Disney twenty three, and they showed us the new Star Wars poster, which looks epic, with Palpatine in the background. Yeah, yeah. we're still gonna see it. I just, you know, <laughs> I mentioned to you that if eight wasn't such a shit show, I think there'd be just an unsurmountable amount of hype yeah. behind this for sure. I mean, they've been pretty radio silent about the whole thing. I mean, we got that teaser a couple months ago, and then they. I'm sure we're gonna get something in like sub- late September, maybe October, another trailer. They probably they probably drop it like on a Monday Night Football like they did with eight. I'm sure like they drop the trailer and all that. So well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Football season is coming back around, so this is when usually when like all those big movies get announced, so they could top it off. On this is also usually the time when Jacob is really cranky on Sundays. <laughs> well, we'll see. Hopefully, I'm not so cranky this year. I got my fantasy draft coming up next week, so I'm gonna be fucking locked in. That's right. Raking that dough. Yeah, got to make in that dough. So Speaking about raking in dough, let's open up some loot boxes because we're talking about <laughs> gaming. You like that? You like that transition? That was good. It's I like buttery it. smooth. I like that. Lather me up in Crisco and chase me around the house. <laughs> no, don't do that. It's kind of... Anyway, what, what the fuck is Ember Rise? So, so you don't know what that, this, this is? I, this one eluded me this week, unfortunately. So this is actually the new season from Rainbow Six. Oh, yeah. okay. Now I'm, I'm familiar. Yeah. I looked at the name and I didn't register it. Yeah. So Ember Rise uh, is a new season of Rainbow coming up. I think it's starting in a couple of weeks. Uh, they announced a wide variety of things. Uh, canal rework, which looks fucking. Finally. Oh, my God. Fucking beautiful. Yeah. Fucking beautiful. It looks really good. and looks like a lot of fun. Uh, along with the new ops, Goyo and, and what's the name? The one I, I don't know. Uh, Adamarasu? No, that's a fucking C, uh, you know, smite character. Whatever the fucking name is. Um, what Goyo does is he has a, what's something called the Vulcan Shield. He's able to place it down in front of doorways, and it's basically in a, 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 a um, what's it called? It modifies a shield, or what, what does it do? It's a modified shield that you could shoot the back of, and it'll blow up and start a fire, and it lasts for twelve seconds. So it's like a way of like shutting down like a like a way in. or something. Yeah. So if imagine if you have 15 seconds left and somebody blows up a Vulcan shield, you ain't getting in that way, bro. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So oh, this is going to be like a hard counter to Monty. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a lockdown kind of kind of defender. And it's also it, it synergizes with Capcom so well because you could throw nades at it and it'll blow up, et cetera, et cetera. So if somebody's coming in through the window and uh, the Capcom blows up and it catches the the fucking thing and you're, you're not living through that <laughs> you're done you're not you're not bring capkin back to a tier yeah so uh that's gonna be good stuff um also he's uh two armor two speed he's got the fucking vector love the vector it looks it looks absolutely insane one on two and a two two so you know it can is we get the vector on attackers <laughs> right <laughs> offense. um so the other character um she has a grappling hook cool so it allows her to climb buildings faster and travel like through like windows fast like you don't have to you know, wrap rappel up anymore you can just fucking look at kick in and next thing you know you're in the fucking building so that's kind of a cool thing um it also allows you to climb up hatches as an attacker so that's kind of dope i guess oh you think that's going to see more competitive or casual play that's a cat that's totally casual to you me you think so yeah because the whole hatch thing kind of switch you know no real gadget i'm sure is impeding but if you have somebody like your crazy fraggers are going to rock this operator. Yeah. 
Um, so she's definitely more of a casual thing, and I think that's what a lot of people are saying is that Goyo is the kind of that thinking man, that more competitive or more yeah competitive kind of op. Meanwhile, the there's always one of them. There's always one that's for the competitive. That's gonna last. Yeah, there's always one that's kind of like a maestro alibi. Yeah. We know which one stuck it up. Yeah, a gimmick, kind of a gimmick. You know, uh, nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think you should kind of cater to both, and they're doing that with this season. The canal rework is fucking dope. Um, what else? A bunch of UI changes coming up through the pipeline. Uh, it looks good. Looks like it's going to be a good season. Also, so. some shitty changes because they're having the cosmetic season pass now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah which is a total shit yeah. show, and people are freaking out about it. Yeah. So, in addition to the twenty dollars game. You have to have the year pass for the operators and the maps to get them early. Yep. And granted, this cosmetic pass is merely a cosmetic pass, but still, if you want full content, you're essentially you're essentially spending what another fifty bucks every year to keep this going. Yeah. And then that's not even including the seasonal like Halloween packs or the theme packs, where you kind of have to buy them. Yeah. There's no way of earning them. Yeah. This, this is true. Um, so yeah, that's what I think. That's kind of what everybody was uh, talking about, and they got upset about was this new battle pass thing, which is very Operation Health Two coming your way. Yeah, it's very um, uh, typical of what's going on in gaming Listen, right now. I have no problem if you want to buy your your nice skins and stuff, but simply because the fact that if you want a hundred percent of this content, you're gonna have to drop at least an additional fifty every year, in addition to whatever you spend on the game, because you spent the full sixty, I spent twenty mm-hmm. twice. You know, <laughs> yeah. so that that's kind of the issue I'm seeing here where this game is doing the long haul and it's working well, but some of these changes are not for quality of life. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just a way of sucking more money out of out of this. And it feels like it, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I give them the credit because a, well, a lot of these battle passes come with the free version that you don't have to pay for. And obviously there's a premium one that you have to pay for. But to me, I have the, I, my ultimate issue is that why would I if I'm paying for it? It, I don't want the opportunity to get it. I want to get it. If I'm paying for something, I don't want to have to grind out the game too. Like these two things don't operate in my head. So, I mean, whatever. Um, you know, I, I don't. I don't really care much for cosmetics when it comes to siege. It, they're nice, but I don't. I don't really care. I, mean, I I like my like my my thermite Halloween skin is probably my favorite fucking skin. The guy with the eyeballs. The stupid ass eyeballs. Because I always get caught up by like a. Like, I don't know, like a cap contract or some dumb shit. And then my buddies will be like, look at his fucking face. And he's like, ah. <laughs> it's just so, or when I'm first in like the, like the, you know, the victory yeah. lap round, they're like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. I mean, like, I get it, but. But um, it looks like when you eat your girl out on her period. <laughs> like covered in the blood. So, yeah, like I said, I'm not too upset about it. I know people are. Like I said, cosmetics aren't important to me when it comes to see the operators and the maps are. Vote so, with your wallet, people. Yeah. Um, so do what you want. I mean, you know, but, you know, quick little tidbit. I do think um, I had this thought when I was driving the other day. I was thinking that Rainbow Six Siege is probably going to be uh, one of the first games that's ported over to the next generation. Yeah. It, it makes sense because, you know, the longevity is there. Yep. And I think the love is there. The community is there. And I think it'll do well. And I, I think it'll be one of those early release titles. I have a hard time um, seeing Ubisoft jumping off this train because it's going so well. Yeah. I mean, they turned this ship around. The yeah. full 180, you yeah. know, why let it sink now? Yeah, and uh, I, I, like, I, I agree with you. I, I don't see the next console generation being the end of it. Now, I just wish there's a way. Hopefully, they figure out a way to carry your shit over. Well, I'm assuming if you have, if you buy, if you have a PS4 now and you buy the PS5, I'm assuming you can carry over your gamer tag or mm-hmm. your yeah. Sony ID. Yeah. And I'm hoping that's the way they do it. So if you have your shit on, like, Sony... You know, if they have like a little thing in addition to that, like, hey, he has this, this, and that, you'll just auto unlock it in this one. 
in the new gen. I think that would make the most sense. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. But yeah, uh, I'm surprised. I mean, like a lot of these styles of games have gone free to play. I'm, I'm surprised they never went that route. They, just they said, do every once in a while, like yeah, a free weekend. Yeah, like a free weekend, which is a way to get people in. You know, it's an infection vector. But, you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, uh, before we, we get on to the next thing, I actually I actually went to that GameStop in LaGrange. By the way, yeah, how is it? It's actually nice. It's a nice little place. Um, they have the kind of the hot sauce model where they have games off the wall that you can pull down and play, which is awesome. I picked up Keyforge, which is finally fucking happened. It's got a starter pack of twenty five bucks. It was nice. Which uh, uh, what store was this? You it's said? called Fair Game. It's in the Grange. Cool. Um, you know, got to talk to the guy inside of the store. He seemed like a nice guy. Um, and I'm gonna hopefully I'll be able to frequent it a little bit more often. Try to bring back games into my life outside of the video games. Talk about like board games and stuff like that. So Keyforge, I got me and Adrian. I'm gonna get into that. So what is the premise of Keyforge? Uh, Keyforge is it's a, it's made by the guy who created Magic. Um, every every deck, yeah, every deck is pre-built. You can't modify the deck. They don't want you to do that. Every deck is unique. Uh, you know, no two decks are built exactly the same. Uh, it's all randomized stuff. Um, so that's basically the gist of it. And as far as like, you know, obviously if you, you got to score a certain amount of points and you win the game. Um, so I'm learning it. Uh, I've started to read the, the quick start guide. So this is, Keyforge is to magic. What LaCroix is to Sprite. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I have to, I have to play like uh, magic light. Yeah. I guess we'll have to play. I, I mean, you know, know the game I want to get. What's the game the you big want? dog. What's Twilight the... Imperium. Yeah. So <laughs> Gabe, uh, Gabe's like, yeah, he's like, but I hear it's like, what did you say? You said like six hours or something like that. Well, you need a minimum of three to six, well, three minimum players up to six. And so apparently from, I, I haven't played it. I haven't dived into the rules or anything. I just looked up reviews and there's like two or three reviews that are under half an hour. <laughs> so, so they're like, one of them is like a five minute review. And so I was like, all right, let's see this. Let's see the general gist about this game. And so it's a galactic, a galactic conquest game has a lot of politics, has a lot of conquering. It feels like a full like galactic exploration thing. Okay. And every video that I've seen about this, they said this game could take a couple hours, but more likely than not, you'll need a full day's worth of playing. But they said that you'll build such memories and such scenarios that you will not forget them for the rest of your life. Yeah, I know. It's a commitment. And yeah. I already feel like Monopoly is a fucking commitment. Yeah. Like a four-hour game is about average for when we fuck around and yeah. play. So, I don't know. I, I, I think I might need to like buy this thing, find a, a few uh, innocent souls, <laughs> lock ourselves in a basement, provide water, food, and just go. All right, Gabe. So, uh, I'll say this. If you uh, managed to buy that copy and you want to lock a couple of lost souls into your basement so we can play this game, sign me up. Good copy. Yeah, I'll, I'll be in that in that party, I, I promise. Hey, you remember when Miguel bought that, uh, what was it, <laughs> that, uh, Dead, Dead of Winter? Winter? It was like a $100 board game that he oh, got um, Amazon Instant delivered because they're over by the warehouse. Yeah. And uh, and we were all pretty smashed, and we were like reading the rules. We are like, uh, was, Jake, I'm too drunk to play yeah. this. <laughs> and we, we were all like, uh, can we just play like, uh, resistance or something <laughs> yeah can we play something we know <laughs> yeah something we know something we don't have to uh, ripperoni mustacholi yeah and we still haven't touched it actually <laughs> that's <laughs> so. funny as hell talking about not touching it um <laughs> dead by daylight so dead, dead by daylight is going to have another killer coming out because you know dead by daylight it's the asymmetrical you're a killer you got to kill the survivors uh and they're having um stranger things dlc coming out so i thought that was kind of cool but yeah i won't touch it <laughs> good stuff just um, wanted to report on that i thought that was kind of interesting talk about not touching it with a 10-foot pole yeah uh how do we feel about the alpha for modern warfare have you played any of this i have not no all right so have you? Uh, i have oh okay so we got some firsthand yep. smoke in the building uh, yeah so i probably put two hours into it uh i think that's a fair amount of time for an alpha 
Uh, so it comes with the gunfight game mode. This is a 2v2 uh, randomized class game mode, which is actually a pretty good way to sell the game because it gives you a little bit of everything. You get to touch a little bit of everything. Everything's modified a little bit differently every single time around. Uh, they got, I think there's like five maps or something like that that comes along with That's it. That's kind of a lot for an alpha. Yeah. Um, not bad. I mean, they're relatively small maps, so I'm for, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for the 2v2 game mode. Um, got my hands on it. It plays... It feels fucking silky smooth, like butter. That's good. And we talked about previously how the sound design fucking, or how everything sounds like. They use six different microphones at varying lengths to capture the true sound of the guns. Yeah. And you could feel it. I put my head, my, my, my studio headphones on, like, let me fucking, I have to Let me experience. Yeah, let me experience it. And it fucking, it It fucking, fucking feels like you're fucking shooting an actual gun. It's fucking sick. Um, The gameplay plays, it's definitely a slower paced Call of Duty. Um, you're, you feel heavy. You you're, gone are the days of being able to slide, jump off the walls. Why, why off the ladder? Yeah. Uh, those days are over with. This feels like simulated combat, which I'm okay with. Um, is it, does it feel heavier than like a one speed in rainbow six? Just about the just same. Just about the same. Okay. Just about the same. Uh, when you walk around, when you run around, you could hear it. Okay. Um, and that's another thing that, like I said, giving credit to the sound design, because I was able to hear people. Like walk around above me, and it's kind of good. You know, it's good situa- situational awareness. The guns feel great. Uh, I do like the kind of uh, different, unique weapon choices that they gave you in the in the gunfight mode. Now, I do find it a little bit redundant. I don't know if that's necessarily a game mode that I would be playing a whole lot of, uh, but it's a good way to kind of get a sample size for the game. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the map design was very cool. Uh, I liked the difference because I feel like. Um, in Call of Duty's past, I think it's kind of easy to get into, you know, a r- Russian map with gray backgrounds and gray buildings and all that, right? We don't really have that here. You get some a little bit of variety, a little bit of difference uh, in, in map design and color theming and all that good stuff. So, yeah, like I said, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I haven't really messed around with the lead mechanics too much. I wasn't really able to access it. I don't know why. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. But I'm kind of interested in the lead mechanics and how they work. Cool, uh, cool. Uh, so it feels good, sounds good, plays good. Yeah, uh, like I said, does it earn your pre-order? No, no, no. we're gonna wait. Yeah, I'm gonna wait a little bit. Um, I have to take a look. I probably end up getting it like probably opening weekend, but I'm not gonna pre-order it. I think I'm probably gonna have to sit down and. Put does some... the slower gameplay work in its favor? Yes, uh, definitely. It definitely works in its favor because I feel like less often do I feel like I'm getting ripped off. More often do I feel like I'm like, well, that dude outplayed me, good shot. You know what I mean? Or where you feel like it's almost your fault. Where yeah. You're like, oh, I should have been looking there. Yeah. Or, okay. Or like, fuck, I made that mistake. Or, man, this guy's fucking like, because there's situations in the previous, especially the most recent Call of Duty, where the dude fucking jumps over me. I never even saw him. Like, what chance do I have if I don't even fucking see the guy? You know what I mean? So like, yeah, that's a good point. There's some cheese, cheese ball to the most recent Call of Duties as far as how some of the gameplay panned out. Um, I don't really feel that here. Uh, cause there's been plenty of like, you know, so far there's plenty of scenarios where I'm like sweating cause my teammates down and then it's your heartbeat yeah. in your asshole type of shit. Yeah. And you know, that's good stuff. So like I said, I don't know if the game mode is necessarily something that's going to keep my interest long term, but, uh, I'm sure that they're going to have other things coming out. I mean, I'm a big domination player is kind of what I do. So, ground war, uh, domination. I, I stay away from ground war. I oh, just okay. do, I just do straight domination. Yep. Uh, so I'm with it. Okay. Uh, honestly, dude, I didn't notice the fucking lack of, um, uh, mini map. I didn't notice. Wow. Okay. I didn't notice. Um, I mean, there's there were some scenarios where I, you know maybe I, I missed it a little bit, but honestly, dude, like up until it wasn't up, like a detriment. Yeah, up until I thought about it right now, I didn't even realize that. Well, that's good. Yeah, that you know that's good. That seen. means the transition was was well done, pretty seamless, and pretty seamless. Okay. Yeah. So 
if you were looking forward to it, uh, you know, I hope you've got the chance to play the alpha and make your own decisions out there, boys and girls. But um, I think um, I think I'm going to end up getting this and hopefully having some fun with it. Awesome. I think this is the first time we've been optimistic about a Call of Duty since like Black Ops 2 or 3. Quite some time. Yeah, quite some time. Quite some time. All right. So uh, to wrap up gaming, we have the remainder of Combat Pack 1 for Mortal Kombat announced. Uh, have you seen these? Oh, yeah, of course. So, of course, in addition to Nightwolf, Sindel, uh, Shang, Tsung. Shang Tsung, we got the Terminator, voiced by Arnold himself. F- fucking mocapped by Arnold, too, by the yep. looks of it. Uh, we got Spawn, which was heavily rumored and confirmed. Yeah. And then we got the Joker. Joker. Yep. The Joker was a little bit of a surprise. I think we all thought Pennywise was going to be the one that they leaned on. Uh, I mean, as far as clowns, I guess. I don't know. Um, I think everybody kind of expected that, especially with the new movie coming out and all that good stuff. I know Michael Myers was in there. Ash from Evil Dead, we all thought was coming too. Um, this didn't happen. They ended up going with the Joker, the Terminator, and Spawn. I think it's interesting. Uh, I find it incredibly interesting that the first combat pack is going to last the first year of the game's life cycle. Yeah, because they're not dropping all the fighters at once. Yeah. They're spreading them out. They're spreading them out. Yeah. They're, um, they're spreading them out you know, months at a time, which is good. Uh, I think it's a two-pronged thing, I think, because they want to make sure the longevity of the game sticks around. And I think with some of, of the labor complaints that we've heard out loud, I think it's a good opportunity for them to be like, well, see, we're not killing everybody. You know I mean? you got time to develop these characters. I'm sure at like least a good chunk of these characters are finished or close to. Yeah, just about. You know, Especially with the way it looked. like You can't, you don't get that far in the, in the know, process yeah. without having something. Yeah, definitely. So um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, like Which are you most excited for? Sindel. Sindel. She looked yeah. really that face that facial animation, that looked really fucking good. I was kind of stunned by the whole entire thing. My mom's trying to FaceTime me, knowing damn well that I do a podcast. But I'm not gonna get into it. Uh <laughs> I was gonna put her on blast, but I'm not gonna say so yeah, a good combat pack. Um three and three, so kind of a chunky combat pack as opposed to what we were used to on MKX. Yeah. And do you think they're gonna do a second one? I'd imagine so. Yeah. because uh, I know that they the, what the rumor was is that they were gonna be supporting um Mortal Kombat 11 more so than any other previous NRS title. So they're going for, well, how did MKX last? Three years? Maybe a little less? No, I mean, MK, MKX probably, as far as like full-blown like development and love and care and constant maintenance, probably about a year and a half. Year wow, and a half okay. Though. Maybe maybe barely hitting two, maybe. Um, but um, they decided that they're going to maybe give two to two, two and a half years of love uh, to this game. So, so I guess we'll have to wait and see. I'm sure it's going to be some time away until we get the next uh, NRS title, which I'm okay with because Mortal Kombat's awesome, and I enjoy it still. Um, yeah, you won't be saying that until you get the Shell and Monks remaster. Yeah, then that's that's you know there's there's something about that, but yeah. So Combat Pack One uh, looks good. Looks like it's going to be a lot of fun moving forward. It's good stuff. All right, so let's go ahead and get into music news and reviews. Oh yeah, we are back for music news and reviews. Fun so fact, Jacob is literally incapable of physically saying that I just in did. that order i just did no stop that okay go back and edit it out okay yeah i yeah, cut that out no, it's not he does not that's, that's not happening all right so atreyu uh speaking of you don't know how to cut uh <laughs> lip gloss and black atreyu 20th anniversary tour i can't believe they've been around for 20 years yeah that's ridiculous uh so they announced that they're going on a tour with Whitechapel and somebody else that's my getting white chapel okay yeah that's an interesting choice yeah they're going on tour at white chapel and they're gonna have a wide variety of dates you know i'm sure they're buddy buddy but i just thought that having a deathcore band open up for treyu that's kind of been all over the place in the metalcore scene interesting choice yeah. uh i think it'll work though yeah uh should be a fun tour 
Uh, but yeah, 20 anniversary. That's that's crazy. Who'd yeah, that's, that's weird to think of, man. Super weird. Absolutely. Speaking of super weird and Jacob liking dad metal, uh, Kill Switch Engage came out with a single. Well, I think they dropped the whole album. Actually, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I saw it at Target the other day. Yeah, you did. <laughs> it's called Atonement. Uh, the single that I, in question is called The Signal Fire, which is featuring um, Howard Jones, who was the previous vocalist from Kill Switch Engage. I enjoyed this song quite a bit. It's a little messy, but I do like the the vocals and hearing Howard on a Kill Switch Engage track again. Brings back fond memories. So um, if you're a fan of Kill Switch Engage, I'm sure you enjoyed this album, and uh, I'm going to have to take a look against at some point, I guess. Good stuff. Is every time I die dad metal at this point? Yes. Because they've been around 20 years. Correct. Keith and Jordan are approaching 40. Yep. Hmm. Yep. Okay. I guess I also enjoy dad metal. All or dad right. Punk. So speaking of not dad metal, let's talk uh, about. So let's talk about um, the one of the more anticipated albums of the year, Knocked Loose, A Different Shade of Blue. Um, came out Friday, you know, just a small little tiny hardcore band out of I Tennessee. Mean, they Was were, it Tennessee? Missouri? Uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. One of them Southern states. Um, so, you know, when I was looking forward to this album, we were doing the singles, I expected to get hit over the head. What I didn't expect was a full blown six V one beatdown getting mugged and tossed in a river after the fucking album ended. <laughs> Holy shit. Did you listen to this? I did. Did we listen to the same album? We did. Okay. Talk to me. So I, 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 I texted the Gabe earlier this week that I'm like, man, those singles that they picked were actually really poor choices of single. Cause I think those are probably the weakest songs on the album. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, there's some songs on here. I'm like, Holy shit. Like I had to pause and realize where I was at. Cause you I did, thought, you had to pause and calm down. Yeah. Cause I thought somebody threw me down a fucking well made out of fucking fucking razor blades, barbed wire and, he woke up in Bronzeville. <laughs> stupid. And teeth, right? That's what I thought. But um, yeah, you, man. You woke up on the wrong side of St. Louis. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Shit. Anyway, uh, I got all wigged out a little bit for the second there. But yeah. Um, He's having flashbacks. Yeah. Back, back from Nam. All the blood. Anyway. Um, so I looked, gave the album a listen. It's fucking. It's really good, man. Really I good. think. I think I'm glad they took their time with it because it really shows um, it does not feel like laugh tracks. In fact, I think it blows laugh tracks out of the water. And when that came out in 2016, 2015, something like that, probably um, whatever. When it came out a few years ago, we were like, wow, this is awesome. This is fucking great. And that kind of blew them way the fuck up. Yeah. But this this is a testament to what a band can do when a they blow up quickly. Correct. B need, they need to manage it and C. They're essentially the forefront of the hardcore genre right now, and they didn't let it get to their heads. They're still great songwriters. Brian Garris is still a super humble dude, and this album is fucking phenomenal. And, you know, you know, I always say it as like a joke, but when the guys in Every Time I Die take stock in you, and they're like, hey, they're the next big thing, maybe you should listen, because yeah. they've been in the game for 20 years now. Keith Buckley is featured on this album. Yep. Yep. A uh, really good feature. Yeah. Not you you want to hear a fun little story? Uh, sure. I guess Brian sent him the song and he was like, hey, kind of write whatever you want for this. You know, he sent it to Keith. And a few days later, Brian looks at his email and he's like, shit, I sent him the wrong song. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out well, though. I yeah. like the feature. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I gave the album a listen. There's some good stuff in there. For me, I think there was some level of um, what's the one I'm looking for? Of uh, maybe like I've seen this before. Like I've seen bands with good debut albums and kind of fall off the face of the earth. We and see it all the time. And honestly, I thought we were going to get some of that here because especially with the singles, I wasn't particularly blown away by any of them. Sure. Um, I actually kind of blew me, kind of shocked me how good this album was because there's some, there's a breakdown on, I think the well, 
that was just like, oh my god, it's fuck. I couldn't even handle. It. I was making, chunky. Yeah, I was fucking making faces at my wife when I was jamming to it uh, earlier, or actually yesterday when I was fucking getting to it. But um, yeah, it's, 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 that being said, it's I, I do want to give a quick little nod because I said I didn't like insert coin here from We're Not Your Kind by Slipknot. I thought it was the weakest of their opening kind of yep. experiments. That being said, I think unless the Devil Wears Prada cranks out the most disgusting opening track ever, I think Belleville is going to take it because that thing comes out swinging with a barbed wire bat. Yeah. It's not waiting for you. This is true. This you got true. any uh, favorites? Uh, the Well. Uh, let me get the in quote. the Walls. Is yeah. it that one? Oh, maybe that's what it was. In yeah, the in Walls. Because I don't know why I keep on saying The Well. There's something maybe maybe the um, Silent Planet or somebody had something in The Walls. All right. Yeah, In the Walls. Um and Serpent's Touch, those are the two I like the most. Okay. Yeah, I haven't heard of this Emma Boster person, person before, have you? No. Uh, oh, she did a great feature. Loved yeah. it. I, I had no idea who that was. Yeah, so. for me, Belleville, uh, Love It, By the Grave, Love It, Guided by the Moon, and uh, Denied by Fate. slam a mama jam <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, great album. I think this is approaching number one. I can't give you a solid verdict until, well, until the end of the year because, you know, uh, you got to kind of listen to it. Yeah. You got to kind of let it grow on you like a tumor. Absolutely. Uh, this is approaching Gabe level. This is eight, eight and a half for me. It's a good album. It's a really good, good album. It's a good effort. We'll see where it falls. I'll definitely be in the top 10 conversation. We'll see about five. But yeah, yeah, I think, well, I think it might just knock that Slipknot album out for me. Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll regroup. We'll see. This is just kind of initial thoughts. Hmm. It might just be recency bias. We'll see. But yeah, yeah like you said, top 10 without a doubt. Probably a little more in my top five, if yeah. we're being honest here. But we'll see. Absolutely. Good stuff. Knocked loose. Thank you for keeping, I don't know. Keeping it real. Keeping it real. Keeping Southern hardcore hardcore. And uh, they're not going to be at the season this year, which is unfortunate. But um, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Uh, go ahead and announce that lineup. Do you have that on you by chance? Uh, I can pull it up. So, so yeah. So this is Gabe's, uh, I guess, is going to be his yearly uh, his My yearly, yearly trip. His yearly trip to Buffalo, New York. Well, I was uh, telling Maddie I want to go. But we're going to have to wait and see. How finances are looking and things like that nature. Did I, I sent it to you. Yeah, I did. So they're doing two days. They're doing a Friday and a Saturday because they just sold out that 5,000 person venue last year, like real quick. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. So uh, every time I die is playing both nights, let's go through Friday. So Mercy Union, I'll get out. Harm's Way. Oh, so good. So right. chunky. Yeah, great. Followed up by Terror. Oh, so chunky. Yeah, that's crazy. That hardcore lineup. Uh, the Damn Things, Keith Buckley's other band I did a review earlier this year. Yep. Pretty solid. Against Me. Wow. Okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Followed by Every Time I Die Headlining. Saturday, uh, my people at CU Space Cowboy made the cut, which I thought was interesting. Yep. It kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, Candy. Uh, Candy and CU Space Cowboy are on the same tour at the moment. Okay. Or they will be with Knock Loose. Uh, Mongol Horde, haven't heard of them. The Cave-In, uh, The Get-Up Kids, Ghostface Killer, which is out of the blue. It is a total fucking curveball, and I fucking love it. Glassjaw, which is another great choice. Yeah. And then every time I die headlining. Ghostface Killer, man. Ghostface yeah, right? is probably going to have a fucking crazy show, I bet. Yeah. I bet that show is going to go absolutely nuts. Good stuff, man. They should have had... Uh, they should have Ghostface right before every time I die. That would be sick. Yeah. I'd be totally down with that. Have him come out for, I don't know, like map chains or something. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Now we're thinking. Yeah. Because Keith Buckley, if you ever hear this, <laughs> please. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, that's Tis the Season, and uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Your tickets are running low. Already? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know tickets go up the day after the show for the next year? Really? Yep. Holy shit. Yeah. I bought mine for 2018 and 2017, the day after the show. 
Oh wow! Yeah, and then we got that boat show coming up, which is gonna be fun. <laughs> sounds like an oh lordy! Sounds like an episode of Villa Bam. Let's go see every time I die on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wear a suit like Deco. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so uh, we got certified by Angel of the Week, Gabe. Okay, so I kind of want to talk about these two a little bit. So first one, Sirens and Sirens and Sailors. I'm not sorry. Good single. They're back. They're a little more on the cleaner side of metalcore. I think it works in their favor because their clean vocalist is very good. Okay. Um, that being said, um, this band's been kind of in the abstract for the past four years. They've been, I don't want to say they've been quiet because they've been dropping merch left and right. And it's been kind of irritating because, you know, they're like, here's some, here's some new shirts. And I'm like, drop a fucking single or an album. Jesus Christ. Gabe, but, you, uh, you picked the mic so hard right there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm just saying. <laughs> it, I like Sirens and Sailors a lot. I think they're a good band. Yeah. But the fact that the past four years have been, here's the merch. We want a song. <laughs> you know, I'm trying not to peek the mic. But yeah. they dropped it. It's good. I'm excited. Hopefully we get an album, maybe an EP, maybe mm. another single. Mm. Uh, I would be happy to see them back. Um, that's kind of all I got to say about that one. Did you listen to it? No, because I, I, actually I don't think they, uh, they actually made a joke about it this morning. I don't think it, it hit. Uh, the Apple feed until this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's some issues with their Apple feed, but check that out. We talk they actually have. To, I actually looked this up. They have two different feeds. One with sirens and and sailors spelled out A and D, and the yeah. other one with the yeah, with, symbol with the symbol. And so they got two different feeds going right now. So I think they're gonna get that sorted out because I was really confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I was confused. But uh, so there's that. And this one, uh, the Devil Wears Prada dropped the single, dropped the pre-order bundles. Uh, so the single's called Lines of Your Hands, and I think I. Mentioned it the other day from that leak a few weeks ago that this was on par. Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, eh. Um, I'm not blown away by it. Like at all. Okay. So I got some interesting news for you because Alternative Press did an interview with Mike Kranitsa of the Devil Wears Prada. Um, uh, well, let me talk about the single first. It feels like something that it naturally f- proceeds or follows transit blues. I think it was a very natural kind of transition mm-hmm. into the style, especially coming off the kind of, uh, I don't want to say more technical, but this kind of paused metal core influence. You know, you don't really know if it's like milk tea or if it's coffee kind yeah. of stuff, right? It's uh-huh. that, that weird in between or it could be either or. Yeah. Um, the single's okay. I think it'll grow on me with some time because I listened to it a couple times and my, my each relist and I was like, okay, okay, okay. Right. Um, that being said, this interview, I don't know how to feel about this. So he said that this single is not representative of what they're doing on the album and they're doing a sound transition change. And he mentioned, I don't, see, I don't know what they're transitioning to, but he heavily hinted that they're going to do hard rock because he said that there's not a lot of crazy stuff in the hard rock scene there's not a lot of good influences blah blah blah. don't quote me check out the article but he said along those lines so i'm thinking they're trying to transition into i don't know maybe spoken word uh like with mountain mover something like that maybe like something like being as notion in that vein or maybe they're gonna go the full-blown hard rock radio vein i'm not too sure Okay, question then. Sure, fire away. Why would they release a song that is not... They're trying to ease the fan base into their new sound. That was the reason behind releasing this first. And I don't know how I feel about that. I think... Sounds like bullshit to me. You know, I hate to bring them up, but I think 100th did it right. They said, this is our new sound. And (laughs) they didn't back away from it. They're like, this is what we're doing. Uh, You're on board or you're not. And that's fair. Yeah. You know, that's their choice. We spoke about this at length. Um, but they, they did it. They said, hey, you're on board or you're not, and now we're here. And now Devil Wears Prada finds themselves in an interesting situation where 
Uh, well, first of all, we don't have the triangle on the damn album. Horrible. Uh, whatever. I Crime. Could live, I could live without it. Criminal. Criminal. There you go. But yeah, now I'm curious to see where it goes because I was about to put in my pre-order right there and then when they went up, but I was like, let's listen to the single first. <laughs> and then I read the interview and now I'm like, well, I'll wait for another single. <laughs> I don't know, man. Interesting. I don't interesting. know. Uh, we'll so, see. Yeah. We'll, we'll if they're see. doing spoken word, I think it'll work. And I think they'll stay true to themselves, but I think too much of a crazy transition and we're going to see ourselves uh, at an interesting point on this podcast. Let's see where this, because there's several lists that we have on the end of the year podcast. Let's see. Well, even that we have like the, you know, the grand lists overall, like album or I'm sorry, artists with no bad albums. Who's up there? The Devil Wears Prada. Every time I die. August Burns Red. August Burns Red. The Architect. The Archi- right? You know? And so now. How are we going to get now there? Now we're kind of worrying. Yeah, what we? are your thoughts on this, man? I mean, whatever. They have the right to do whatever the fuck they want to do. Like you said, I don't have to like it. So, the al- like I said, the single itself was very. It was okay. I mean, it's not. It's definitely not anything off of any previous album that, you know, I wouldn't put this above any of that. But, I mean. With, with that being said, I mean, I don't want to give them total shit for it because they did kind of experience experiment with kind of more of a hard rock sound on Th- this the space EP. They've had these transitions before. They went from plagues to with roots above branches of blue, 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 blue. blue. They dropped that riff salad uh, kind of thing, <laughs> right? Riff salad. Well, that's what uh, punk rock NBA calls it. And I think it's true. Riff salad. <laughs> Where it's just riff after riff after riff, right? <laughs> and they went into like this true metalcore form in with roots. Then they did some hardcore experimentation. Riff salad. Like right. It's funny, right? I like that. And then they did some hardcore experimentation with Throne. And then they did this kind of post-core grunge rock in Transit Blues. But they still kept true to like the metalcore. I aspect. like how you skipped 818 again. Who? <laughs> 818 is not a bad album. That being said, it is the Casino Royale of the discography. <laughs> Who's 818? You mean you mean the the sailors prayer song? <laughs> yeah, but like you know they've had these transitions before, yeah. where it's this noticeable jump in sound. And I think that first one from plagues to roots is probably like a refining of what they're good at. Okay, you know what I mean? Okay, because like Texas is south, it's a fucking <laughs> banger. But come on, man, it's not, it's not this kind of holy grail of a song. Yeah. You picked a bad example. Dogs for that can one. grow beards all over. That's, you picked a bad example again. <laughs> uh, what was the other one? M- mispronounced the. I don't know. Yeah, you, you see what I mean. Yeah. We could probably between you and I, we could probably name all the tracks from Roots to Zombies to Dead Throne to Space. Probably even eight eighteen if we tried. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm not gonna give a total shit for it because eight eight. Or no, I'm sorry, again. Space was actually kind of a more experimental. Not so that much, was a departure too. Yeah, not so much hard, heavy, heavy. If you wanted a zombie EP, space EP was not it. Yeah, this is true. So I'm with it. We'll see. Maybe they'll do something really cool and creative. Like, uh, and I only bring this up because we listened to it the other day. I put on Dispose Man, and I feel like every time I put on that album, it blows me away again and again. Yeah. And I was like, if they do something like that, I'm all on board. He with it. Be with it. You with it. Yeah. All right. So I guess we'll have to wait and see moving forward what the rest product has in store for us. Can Knock Loose make the next soundtrack for uh, the next Mortal Kombat game? Mm. Now we're thinking. Hey, Ed Boone. <laughs> yeah, Boone. Hey, Boone. All right. Sorry. So that's is that what we got, Gabe? Is that I, I think that's 
it, man, we'll have a Disney review of Galaxy's Edge. Oh, quick little thing. They built the Halicon Space Cruiser, uh, the hotel in Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Space Cruiser themed hotel. Yeah. And it looks ridiculous, and it's supposed to be really expensive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's all I got to add. Interesting. So that was episode 130 of the second Oh, wait. Take. I got one more. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you remember thing. a band called Breathe Carolina? No. No? No. no, no. Well, they did. I, I put it in the spot in my head where I just Okay. Don't. Well, they did a really good... Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it a remix because it's not a full-blown remix. They did a really good rendition of uh, All-Star by Smash Mouth. It's really like nice upbeat Why one. Why would you even? Okay. Anyway, check that out. All right. So <laughs> no, I'm not going to check that out at all just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that was episode 130 of the Second City Kids podcast. You will see us back here next, next week for episode 131. Gabe will have his full-blown Disney review of his time uh, with a significant other and see how hopefully he had some fun. And I ain't coming back. Yeah, right. You gotta stay there and uh, be assimilated by the mouse. But that is the Second City Kids podcast. Uh, we will see you back here next for next week. And until then, folks, deuces. <laughs>Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Second City Kids podcast. You can like us on iTunes, Google, anywhere else podcasts are found. Any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at secondcitykids at gmail.com. Until next week, folks, deuces.